Well, I had better jump in this morning, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. And this morning, just want to talk about praying together. We read the word here just a few moments ago. On Wednesday night, for those that were at our midweek service and prayer time, we talked and actually prayed through the Lord's Prayer. So much good in there. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. When we pray, we should worship him. We should give him glory and honor. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Anybody, is there a focus that's ever needed in your life like mine on not what I want, but Lord, what you want in my life? We should pray that as a part of who we are. Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I love that that line and the word of God, that, that concept and principle of truth. Lord, I'd You told us to pray, earth as it is in heaven, which means, Lord, I'm not just okay with sickness or with depression or with fear, anxiety, or any of that stuff, because that's not going to be in heaven. And so, Lord, let us walk in you and your wholeness and your healing. Give us this day, our daily bread. Anybody, Lord, help us in finances, in everything, in everything we need, but also daily bread, Lord, of you, of your spirit in my life. Lord, so that we can continue strong in you. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Forgive me, God. Thank you that you would forgive me. Thank you that you would die for me. But that second part, Lord, is we've also forgiven. Lord, would you help me be someone who forgives? Pastor Dave on Wednesday night in his portion talked about pre-forgiving. I choose today to forgive no matter what anybody does to me. I choose today. I will forgive. I will forgive, which means... If it's something silly, like someone cutting me off in traffic or going too slow, okay, Lord, maybe I need forgiven for my bad attitude. But Lord, I'm going to forgive, right? But maybe somebody actually means to do something. Lord Jesus, let me pre-forgive because, Lord, I want to be forgiven by you. Lead us not into temptation, Lord, all of the things of this world. Help me. Lord, I don't want that stuff in my life. I don't need that. Lord, help me. And maybe there's things in our life we need to give him that we, we fail, we're struggling in. Lord, take that from me. Deliver us from evil. I think that's a pretty good prayer. We could start it out, and that could go a long time. We expand that out in our life. Lord Jesus, let what you prayed be our prayer. But as we look here at those previous verses... As we look at what this means for us, I think we can learn some really, really important elements. And part of the the thing that's so important about prayer is understanding that prayer is not, and I really think sometimes in my own life, this could be the feeling. Prayer is not a waste of your time. Prayer is not something that you just do sometimes because you have to. Prayer is not something that you just do because, well... I guess the Bible says it, Jesus said it, I have to fast sometimes, but oh, I hate it. But sometimes it can be the easy thing for us to feel like, you wouldn't actually say that per se, I I don't think anybody says I hate praying, but we, do we by chance show that we are not a big fan of prayer by the amount of prayer we actually do? And that is like in my own heart, it hurts me. It hurts me looking back at seasons of my life. Do I actually commit my life and my heart and myself to prayer? Do I actually love prayer? Do I actually love the word? Well, I can know. Just am I in the word? Because if I'm not in the word, I don't love the word. I might love the idea of the word, but I don't love the word. And if I'm not spending time with Jesus, I might love the idea of prayer but I don't actually love praying and I don't love spending time with Jesus because I don't do it. And in our life, we fight pretty hard for the things we love to do. 
And so it, it becomes this thing. And when I think about myself, Lord, forgive me in seasons of my life where I have spoken to anybody that would be looking at me, eh, the word's fine, but I don't really have time. Or I like praying, it's a good idea, but I don't actually do it. Personally, and each one of us, I'm sure, in season and moments, and maybe you would say, oh, this is heavy because maybe right now it's not a pattern of your life. And I want us, as we are walking through 21 days as a corporate body, to understand that Jesus calls his disciples, he calls you not to want to pray or to like to want to pray or to think it's a good idea, but he calls you and me to a life of prayer. When we were in Africa just a, a few months ago as the, the missions team, it was awesome. Uh, but we got there and found out that we were going to be praying every day at 5 a.m. And if you are like me, some of you wake up that early. I do not wake up at 5 a.m. And if you've ever been on a, a missions trip or overseas or, you know, seven or eight time zones over, you're all messed up. Your time, your sleep, your, your, you just are tired. I mean, there's no other way to say it. So they were generous to us in our first morning. They said, we're going to start prayer tomorrow because we don't want you to get sick. And so tomorrow, like the 5 a.m. prayer. So we prayed, but not like that. And then the next morning, it was, hey, here we go, 5 a.m. Everyone's going to get up. We're going to pray. And through conversation, it was awesome. I, I love it. It was amazing. But it, he said they used to give the, oper or the option to pray at 5 a.m. So teams would come and they would say, hey, if you want to pray, we're going to be praying. But they found that most teams, I'm going to call us Americans out, most of us Americans would come and wouldn't wake up to pray because it's five o'clock. Most of us wouldn't wake up to pray because that wasn't normal to pray. Most of them wouldn't do it, so they decided we can't give it as an option because they found that if they prayed and if the group prayed, that they had less vehicle breakdowns, they had less like physical issues that took place, they found that they had way more people respond to the message of the gospel, that way more people walked in faith, which then meant more people were healed and set free and, and deliverance happened. And so it was not worth it to them to give an option to pray. If you're here, we're going to pray because we're going to walk in blessing. And I'll tell you, I may have been just a wee bit convicted in my heart. And every time I go to other countries and every time I go to people where they're seeing God poured out, you know what always is a core principle, not a principle, but an action of life? It's prayer. It's never God is moving. And why? Well, we have really cool structure. Like, yeah, okay, structure's good. But God showing up, it's not because of your structure, it's because of prayer. God showing up is not because of a desire to do something, but it's because that desire has turned into action and the action leads to the word and to prayer. And I want us to understand that when Jesus is calling his disciples to pray, when he's calling us to pray, it comes from a place of all night prayer meetings. It comes from a place of 40 days in the wilderness fasting. It comes from a place of getting alone on the mountain to pray. It comes from a place of taking his disciples to go pray in the garden. And Jesus is praying and literally sweats or sweat drops of blood are falling from him and his three Close ones are sleeping and the rest are sleeping. Everyone has fallen asleep in his biggest hour. He's asking his church to pray because prayer simply matters. And when we get our life out of focus and we think we can do what we need to do by knowledge or wisdom or people pouring into our life, we've missed 
truly the word of God because God is our source. He is our provider. He is our hope. And if we do not have his word and time with him as a core value of our life, there's not going to be the power. If you think of every super important thing in your life that's going to be forever, salvation, deliverance, healing from the things we've been in, and the the healing of our heart. Does that happen because I just want it? No, it happens because of faith through prayer and through his word. All of the things that go with that. If I'm going to be a good parent, maybe some of you have it figured out, but if I'm going to be a good parent and a good husband, it's not going to happen because I have some great willpower. If I have an addiction in my life, it doesn't just go away because I want it to go away. It goes away because I experience the heart of God. And God heals me, and he restores me, and he helps my anger, he helps my my behavior to look different, not because of behavior modification, but because I've been with the Savior of the universe, and I want to look different and act different. I just naturally do, because I've been with him. There's something about understanding his word. When you pray, it says, don't be like the hypocrites. We're not going to pray up, like, oh, look what God is using me. Look at all these eloquent words I can say. Look how awesome. No, he says, Pray, spend time with me. That's what prayer is about. And if I think prayer is about other people, though I'm going to do with other people, I miss the whole point. It's God. I get to talk to him. And communing and praying with God is not only me speaking. It's not only my list, but it's prayer talking. And then it's God talking back to me. And different people hear the Lord in different ways. And some people at some moments might be like, I heard the Lord. Like when I was in Africa, I was walking in these five o'clock in the morning prayer times. And I felt the Lord speak as, as clear. It was just, I mean, it wasn't audible, but it was like the Lord spoke to my heart. Like I knew it. It's, it's, I just knew. He said, I've called you to pray an hour a day for a long time. And I don't know if anybody else, but I sometimes can be good at making excuses. I have too many kids or I have weird season of life, or if I don't sleep, then I'm this, or, you know, whatever. And I felt the Lord say, it's time. There's no more excuses. And I've probably prayed more the last year than I've ever prayed in my life, but it doesn't mean it's what God was calling me to do, and I felt him call me. You need to get up, and you need to pray an hour a day. Like, okay, it was so clear. So guess what? This time, Decide, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. And Rachel and I, we wake up, we read our Bible, we pray, we turn on worship music through our, our house. We, I'm a, a pacer, so I walk around our house and around our breakfast bar and into the other room and out of that door, into the main room and around the ottoman and do it over and over. Like I just, Lord Jesus, I'm going to pray. And you know what? The more you pray, the more you love to pray. The more you pray, the more you say, Lord, this is not a waste in any manner, but this is my life. The more you pray, then when you miss a day, you say, oh boy, I got to do that again because I I don't want to do a a day without praying. In fact, revivalists and people that see God over and over throughout time have said, if I have too much to do in my day, then I need to pray more at the beginning because there's no way I can accomplish it if I don't pray more. And in our natural, we'd say, that doesn't even make any sense. You don't have time, so you're going to pray, but Something happens when we don't live our life by our strength and our power and our will and all, all these things. And instead we say, Lord, I'm going to let you be God in my life. I'm going to let you be the Lord of my life. And I want to encourage you today, if you at work are struggling, you need to pray more. If your marriage is struggling, you need to pray more. If you're parenting 
is difficult. You need to pray more. If you have an anger problem, you need to pray more. If your mouth runs and you gossip, you need to pray more. If you can't figure something out, I'd pray more. Anything in your life that you need, I would pray more. And if you say, Lord, I just don't feel you, you know what I would do? I would pray more. I'd spend more time with the Word. I'd let the Word of God transform you. And I'm not looking in prayer for some emotional experience. Although sometimes that's awesome. I love, I love it. Who doesn't? But I'm looking for the Word of God, for Jesus to be revealed in His Word and in prayer, where I said, I have connected with my Father today. I've connected, and the prayer of a righteous man, it does much. It's so important and powerful. But do we actually do it? And I want to encourage us to be a church that prays. Just to go through some of these uh, other verses here. Right? Don't stand on the street corner. Make it seen by others. It says they have gotten their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the only verse in this that would be, uh, a, for you, a singular thing that says, go, hide yourself away. The rest of these are all uh, us. They're all we. They're all as a part. And we need to be alone and we need to corporately gather in prayer. It is vital in both ways. My prayer life, when I come in a corporate prayer time, is a whole lot better if I've been away and alone with Jesus. And let me encourage you, you want church to be the best it can be? Pray before you come. Pray on Saturday and Friday and Thursday and Wednesday and Tuesday and Monday. Let it be a, a, just a habit of your life. And we call Sunday morning a celebration service. Why? It should be the celebration of what God has done in our life throughout the week. It shouldn't be, whoo, I haven't experienced God because I haven't talked to him. I haven't opened my Bible. I haven't done it. No, this should be, well, we get to come together and the spiritual fervor and move of what God is doing in each house and home and community. We come together and we celebrate God because his word is real. His, his passion in us is real and we come together and worship should be good. It should be exciting. I think Pastor Matt said it shouldn't be on the stage people jumping, but man, I'm ready to go. And whatever your personality is within that, let's get fired up. Let's let God move us and show us who he is. When you pray, do not have heap empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Can I just encourage you? I think so often we think we can't pray. I'm not good enough. I don't know what to pray. The Lord is not looking for some eloquent, crazy prayer. The Lord is not looking for you to know the whole Bible so you can pray the whole Bible weave through your prayer. And if you do, I love listening to somebody that prays like that. It's really tremendous. But you know, when I talk to the Lord, I just talk. And sometimes there may be things that come out and you're like, oh, that was cool. It's just a part of prayer. But it's not about your eloquent words. And you don't need to feel like, well, they do it so much better than me, so I'm just going to let them. Or they do it. Don't be discouraged. You just talk to God. And if your prayer life is in a moment, Lord, I'm just struggling. I don't even know what to do. Get with the word and sit with Jesus and let him pour over you. In another season, you're, you've got a different thing. Pour out your heart. Pour out your love. Pour out what he's doing. And watch him move in that. Just talk to God. That's what prayer is all about. Not about eloquent words. Don't be like them, it says. For your Father knows what you need before you ask. And I want someone to hear the cool thing about prayer is it's not like God doesn't know. Like, oh man. Who knew Kathy needed that? Who knew? Like, 
God knows Kathy. God's got Kathy, right? But God is looking for Kathy to come to him and to get, pour her heart out to him and to let him be a part of her life because she's welcoming into his life. It's about her, actually, more than God. God already knows. But when we ask him, our faith rises and things begin to happen because we begin to connect with our Father. We begin to act like him and look like him and do like him. Our faith rises and all of a sudden, I begin to see him move because I'm not doing my thing anymore. I'm letting God lead me. Let's let him in. Let's welcome him into our lives. Let's let him be everything. He knows you. He loves you. Tell him. Share with him. Let him know what's going on in your life. Pray the Lord's prayer in your life. Pray it out of you. Talk about him. Let him be everything. You know those last couple verses, 14 and 15, it says, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Anybody else? Is that a difficult verse for anybody? Anybody have a problem forgiving somebody? Lord Jesus, help me, help us. I want your full forgiveness. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that I know in my life, and I feel pretty confident in yours, there is nothing, no one, and nothing anyone has ever done that's worth missing out on the forgiveness of God because of the sin of somebody else. And I want to encourage us as a people, as a church, to be people we've chosen to forgive. I will forgive. Not because what they did was okay. Not because that is not what forgiveness is. But to take the weight of, of that off of you and say, God, I forgive them. I give it to you. You be God. And I'm just going to love. I'm just going to let, let them go. Give them freedom from you. Not because they deserve it, but you know who else doesn't deserve freedom? Doesn't deserve salvation? Us. He will forgive us. Do you deserve it? What have you done for Jesus to die for you? What have have I done? Nothing. We can't do anything. And in the same way, Lord Jesus, you've forgiven me, and please forgive me every time. Lord, forgive me. And Lord, I want to forgive those around me. And you find that when you forgive, it's not this thing that hurts you. In fact, all of a sudden, you find that forgiveness of the worst person that's done the worst thing to you brings freedom to you, brings healing to you, brings life to you. And the principles of the word over and over and over again show us that God wants what's best for us. And when we're not holding the punishment of somebody and what they've done, and that's what we have to have. When we let go of that, all of a sudden, our life is free. And you get to hear God and you don't care what that person did. That's not going to be what you do in the future. Instead, God, I'm going to follow your direction. And I can guarantee you, I don't know, there's 150 people in here or so. There's probably 150 people in here that we need to be careful. Let's forgive. And there may be some that right now you're like, oh, you're getting mad just that I'm talking about forgiveness. I'd start bringing it to the Lord every single morning. I'd start saying the word, Lord, I forgive them, even if it makes you shake. Until one day you realize, I think I actually forgive them. And your words, your action, truth becomes reality in your life because you've given it to the Lord. You've given it to the Lord. You said, I'm not going to let that person hold me one more day. But I'm going to give them their freedom. I forgive them. And Lord, you're forgiving me. What's better than that? What's better than him moving? But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive yours. And church, I don't want to be anywhere near that verse. 
I want to be so far away from that verse that I get to heaven someday. And it's like, there's nobody. Nobody. Lord, forgiveness has been a part. You showed me it. You modeled me it. You gave love. And I'm going to love. Jay, if you could uh, join me back up here. What I want to do as we close this morning uh, is just talk through real fast. It's a, I'm going to call it an extended, uh, extended closing. But to look through real fast in Acts the different moments we see corporate prayer and some things we see happen. If you're like, I don't know about corporate prayer. I don't want to do it. I don't like it. It just makes me uncomfortable. Well, I'm just going to throw these out there and let the Lord speak to your heart. Starting in Acts chapter 1, after Jesus ascended to heaven, the 11 apostles gathered to pray. It says in verse 14, all these were with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. There are about 120 of them. What happened right after that? The outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost took place. When we pray, the Holy Spirit comes. And for them, they didn't even know what it was. That must have been incredible. After Peter's sermon at Pentecost and the conversion of 3,000 people because of prayer that led to the Spirit, that led to boldness and power, Luke describes their life together in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking bread, and the prayers. And just the apostles' teaching, the Word. That's what we now have, the apostles' teaching. They, they put themselves in the Word breaking bread and prayer. And what took place? The result was signs and wonders that took place over and over and over. In fact, the next verse, verse 43 says, and all came upon every one soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. What happens? We pray, the Spirit comes, signs and wonders happen, and we get in awe of our Savior. And there's nothing better than standing before the Lord saying, whoa, this isn't some thing we do or some social gathering, but you are the God of the universe and I see you at work. Nothing better than that. After Peter's sermon at Pentecost, or uh, the next one, the following verse describes the results. We'll get it right the third time. In Acts 4, Peter and John were arrested for teaching in the temple about Jesus. They kept them overnight, threatened them, and then let them go. They went to their friends who were praying. And in verse 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place in where they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the words of God. They knew, Peter and John, where to go, what was going to happen. They knew there was going to be a power, powerful thing. It says that witness came and power came. I just love that they knew where the power of God was going to be. People were going to be praying. When the first deacons were chosen in the early church, it says in Acts 6, 7, these that sat before the apostles and they prayed and they laid their hands on them and the word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And I love this. And many, or, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. There's so many we could pick out of there, but the priests in their day, that's a big thing to become obedient to Jesus. It says many of the priests came, gave their hearts, to our king. Herod was holding Peter in prison after killing James, uh, the Lord's brother. The response of the church was to get together and pray. And verse 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 5 of Acts. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. The result was that an angel of the Lord released Peter. And right there in the middle of the night, Peter goes to the house of Mary, the mother of John Mark, because this must have been the prayer house. 
anybody else, would you love it if you're like something crazy happened and they're like, I have to go to their house because I'm sure that's where the prayer's coming from. Like, I want my house to be a place where people say, I bet there was something going on because something crazy happened. And as a, a church family today, could we be known for being a house of prayer that God shows up and they're like, I bet that radiant life was praying again because that can't happen. I bet radiant life was united again. They were corporately praying again. The result of prayer, the establishment of the church, the, the power of God going forth. In Antioch, some teachers and prophets were together worshiping and fasting. And the Lord spoke to them that Barnabas and Saul should be set aside as frontier missionaries. So they prayed and fasted some more and then laid the hands on them and sent them on their way. Praying church. There's going to be uh, frontier missionaries that are raised up. If we are praying church, we're going to send missionaries around the world. In all the churches that Paul and Barnabas established, they prayed together as they appointed leaders for the church. The result of corporate prayer is leaders being equipped, appointed, being sent out, being raised up. In Acts 16, 25, Paul and Silas are in prison in Philippi. It is midnight, and they are singing hymns and praying together. The result is an earthquake, an open jail, the conversion of the jailer, and the new church. Anybody, whatever the situation, we start worshiping. We start praying together. And crazy happens because God shows up in power. He rescued the apostles from prison. Prayer. Acts 20, at his final departure from Asia, Paul met the elders of the Ephesian church on the beach uh, there and spoke to them one last time. Then in verse 36, describes this final act. When he had spoken this, he knelt down and prayed with them all, and they wept and embraced Paul. Church, there's a sweetening of a final farewell from Asia. There's something about when we come together. That even when we have to say goodbye to somebody, maybe even when someone passes away, when we come together and we pray and we're united, it's different. There's a sweetening of a goodbye even. Church, I want us to be a people that we are all in with the power of God. And we've been praying. And because we've been praying, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happens over and over again. Signs and wonders at the hands of the apostles, the leaders uh, happen. Bold witnessing to the word of God. The conversion of priests and people from other religions of their day. The sending out of frontier missionaries. The establishment of the church. The rescue of the apostles. Anybody rescue from prison? The sweetening of a final farewell from Asia. That's what prayer does. But it doesn't do it by wanting to pray. It does it by praying. And so if we could today, could we just stand on our feet and we're going to take maybe five minutes and we're just going to pray. We're going to ask God to move and maybe God would lay something on your heart. Pray for it. Or you can join me and you can, you can pray about what we're going to pray about here collectively. We're going we're gonna to ask God to show up. And I want to encourage you. I'm going to be at Tuesday and Wednesday and Saturday prayer. Maybe you can come to one. Or maybe you can come to one in the next two weeks. Let's come and pray together. And maybe you don't have a habit, a pattern in your own life. Pray. Spend time with Jesus at home. Spend time with Jesus on Monday and Tuesday and every day. So we come here and it's the best. So we've been with Jesus and we're coming back together to be with Jesus. 
So let's take a few moments. Let's go after Jesus. Lord, right now, we are so thankful, Lord. We're not going to only talk about prayer, but we are going to pray. Lord, we're going to be a church that is known for prayer. And Lord, we would ask you, just like Paul and John, they knew where to go. They knew where the prayer meeting was going to be happening. Lord, I pray that Radiant Life Church would be a place where, Lord, the people know. They know that if something crazy happens, it's because prayer is taking place. And Lord, we believe that there is expansion. We've seen growth over the last three, four months, Lord, in a big way. And God, we're asking for more. Lord, not so we have more numbers, but Lord, so that more people who need you, more lost people, more people that have issues and problems and situations, just like all of us, Lord, that we can see you move more, more people touched, more people transformed. God, we call for the lost to come. Lord, we call for daycare people, Lord Jesus, that they bring their kids to daycare. Well, we, Lord, we call them to church. Lord, not to church. We call them to you, Jesus. And Lord, that they would get plugged in, that they would be encouraged. Lord, we call the lost to you wherever they would be. Lord, we call family members today, people that they wouldn't even want to come to church. Or maybe they grew up in church, but not anymore. Lord, we ask you, God, to bring them back to you. Your word says that it does not return void. So, Lord, we ask you, God, that they would remember their roots. They would remember your word. And in fact, Jesus, we might not be able to speak words to them. They might not accept it from us. Lord, would you, Holy Spirit, would you show up? in dreams and visions? Would you show up through friends and other people? Would you show up? Would you let their friends come to know you? Whatever it takes, God, would you bring them back into the fold? And Lord, for people that we know, they've never known you. Family members, they've never given their lives. Lord, we pray the same. Lord, let your spirit be revealed. If we can say anything, if we can speak your word, Lord, we love to pray with them. Lord, give the opportunity. Lord, and we'll take it. But Lord, do your work. Bring the lost into salvation. God, we need you. Lord, we pray that for soccer, right out back of this place, fields that are being prepared, grass that's been growing. Lord, we pray that all of the things with Dublin, the the permits or whatever we need would be accomplished. Lord, and that we'd be able to have in March hundreds of kids that are going to be out there, adults and families that we can pour into, God. Lord, we pray for a ministry, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that would come to know you, God, because of some grass in a field. Lord, we ask, God, that more would know you, Jesus. Lord, we ask you, God, to show up in might and in power. Lord, we pray, just like we saw in Acts, Lord, we ask for an outpouring of your spirit, God. We pray that just like on the day of Pentecost, Lord, that thousands would come to know you because you showed up and your church walks with boldness. Lord, we ask for signs and wonders to happen, God, so the world that needs to see you can experience you just like you showed us in the Gospels, Jesus. Lord, we ask for bold witnesses. Lord, every one of us, Lord, let us be bold to talk about you, to proclaim you, to speak of the goodness of God. Lord, we ask you for for the conversion, I, I think we'll say, of priests. We ask for you for the conversion of priests, Lord, Muslim priests. Lord, we ask you for priests of of churches, but they're not Christian. They're not following you. Lord, we ask for Buddhist and Hindu priests and the people that would lead that. Lord, we pray for the power of God to show up, that those we would think would never come. Lord, we ask you for them to come to you and to salvation, just like your word said happens when we pray as a church. Lord Jesus, we ask for more missionaries to be raised up out of Radiant Life Church. Lord, we pray for our students. We pray for our kids. And Lord, would you help us as parents 
Lord, would you help us to not think about Christmas or think about Thanksgiving or what we might lose if our kids are in Africa or or some other part of the world. But Lord, would you let us put your life in them and if they're called to the uttermost parts of the earth, Lord, that we would pray. Lord, that we would support. Lord, that we would do it all. And starting at a young age, God, so that our kids want to be missionaries if they're called to be missionaries. Lord Jesus, that new churches would be established. Lord, we pray for literally hundreds of new churches in this Columbus area. There's so many people that need you and need a different expression. God, we ask you for your spirit, your spirit to show up, to pour out and new churches to be started. All the pastors and leaders that are needed, Lord, do it. Lord, today we ask you for rescue. And in certain parts of the world, though, we ask for actually rescue from prison. Lord, you did it in the Bible, and you're the same God. So, Lord, we pray that if jail cells need to actually just be opened up, and if people need to give their lives to you right there, Lord, we ask you to do it. Lord, whatever it would be, whatever it would look like, free those around the world that are in prison for the sake of the gospel. And, Lord, we also pray for those that we might be in America, and we're not in prison, but, Lord, we live like we're in prison. Our hearts live, our spirit lives like it's in prison. Lord, we pray that you would heal and you would restore. And in the same way of the jail cell, a real, a physical thing, in our spirit, would you open those doors up? Let us walk out into freedom, God. Lord, we worship you. We need you, God. Lord, we need you. And Lord, the last one we saw in Acts 20, Lord, we pray for a sweetening even of farewells. Lord, and where we've had to say bye to people and maybe, maybe through death, maybe through a child or maybe someone we loved or a friend, someone we cared for, Lord Jesus. So maybe someone that moved away and there's still that wound within us. Lord, I pray that even as we pray and we connect with you and we connect with your heart, Lord, that there would somehow, it might even seem how, but Lord, would you sweeten even those goodbyes? Lord, people that one day we're gonna be with in heaven, Lord, I pray that we would grieve differently Lord, that we would look to heaven. Lord, we'd get to say, my grandson, my son, my, my parent, my sister, brother, I'm going to see them again. And Lord Jesus, maybe for ones that we've lost that we don't have that assurance. Lord, would you let it drive us to tell every person around us that we can. To tell every person in this world that we can of your goodness. Because Lord, we don't want anybody to not be with us in heaven and be with you in heaven. So Lord, we're thankful, Lord, that you even sweeten goodbyes. So Lord, today I pray that your church, that we would be a praying people. Lord, don't let us like the idea of prayer, but let us love to talk to you. Let us love to spend time with you. Let us love your word. Let us love your word, God. Let us love your word and where we struggle to have a passion for what matters. Lord, help us. Help me, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that 2024 in my life and every person that's a part of this church, your, your church globally, God, that we would spend more time in, word, in the word, more time in prayer, more time in worship, more time together, more time in our prayer closet, Lord, than ever before, because we understand that if we want you to move and we want to be connected, Lord, we have to be with you and know you and know your heart. And Lord, we ask for the lost. We ask for the lost. Lord, we ask you to move in us. Lord, that every time we pray, maybe we have a list, but Lord, every time we pray, we just want to experience you just a little bit more, a little bit more of who you are, to know you a little bit more. 
Lord, don't let us get caught up even in the list of things that we just want to know you, our Savior, our Creator, our Lord, the one that's sitting at the right hand of the Father now interceding even for us. Lord, if you're interceding for me, if you're interceding for us, Lord, we can accomplish what you've called us to. So we commit ourselves to prayer, to the word, to fasting. We commit ourselves to the disciplines, Lord. Lord, we commit ourselves to boldness, to go, to share you. This week, God, help us. Help us share you. Help us proclaim you. Help us lift up your name, God. We love you so much. Jesus, you're so good. Church, there's nothing like praying. I pray that you just like, come on, let's go. And I want to encourage you. I already said, but I would love to have you. If you can make it to one of the prayer times in the next two weeks, make it a habit. Try to be at one a month or be at, like there's something about being together. And it may not be possible to be at every prayer meeting. It may not be, that, that's not what we're asking, but are you praying with people? Let's do it. This week, Tuesday, seven o'clock, we'll be here. First half hour, we pray individually, then we come together and pray right up here. Saturday, or Wednesday night, we're going to be here. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. We're going to have some worship. We're going to be in the Word a little. Come join us. There's nothing like it. Saturday morning, 9 to 11, come join us. Let's go after Jesus. And if you need something, go to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Let Jesus pour out into that situation. He's got you. If this today you are here and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to invite you. The greatest decision every one of us in the may, or in this room that has made the decision we, we could is to give our lives to Jesus. And all you have to do is ask him, Lord, come take away my sin. I repent of those things and I make you the Lord of my life. And Jesus is so good. He died on a cross for you. He took your sin. And all he desires is that we come and bring our life to him. And then he will be the Lord of it. And we get to take off that lordship and trying and all of that. We get to give it to him and let him be God. And if you're walking with the weight of the world on you today, just ask him to relieve it. Ask him to forgive you. And then I would encourage you in your own words, whatever that looks like to you. And would you come tell one of us? Let us know. Let us know that God touched you today. Let us know that he's moving and you want some discipleship or you just want someone to pour into you. We'd love to get together with you. We'd love to encourage you. Church this week, let's go all out after Jesus. This week, tomorrow night, we have our, uh, our all-team rally. Sign up. Let us know you're coming. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to be a celebration. Come get some food. Hang out. It's going to be good. 6.30 tomorrow. Sign up if you can. Let us know. Right after this, our youth parent meeting up in the upper room, the youth room. Be sure, parents, to go be a part of that. Fine arts, some other, some other quick things. Next week, altar of revival service. One service, 9.30. So 11 o'clockers, show up at 9.30. Show up a little bit early. We're going to have a great time in the presence of Jesus. We're going to sit. We're going to stand. We're going to worship. We're going to hear the word. We're going to be at the altar. Don't miss it. God is good. And today as you exit, two things. Number one, if you are new, you've never been to a party with the pastor, come meet Pastor Rachel and myself in the glass room right on the other side of that wall. You'll see. You can't miss it. We'd love to talk to you, encourage you, bless you. Uh, don't leave until you do. You can get your kids or just stop by. The kids will be fine. It's only a few minutes. You can pick them up after. And when you leave today, if you're not a member and you say, hey, I'll pray about that. There's membership packets as you exit on the black tables in the hallways. 
grab one of those. Grabbing it is not committing to anything. You can grab it, read it, uh, go through it. You can also get all that same material online. So if you, oh, I lost it, I don't have it, or you just do it online, it's great. You can, it might be easier online. You can make that happen. We would love to bring 20, 30, however many into membership here in the next couple weeks. Nothing like being united in the Lord. So this week, church, let's go after Jesus. Let's go after him in prayer at home, when we're together, wherever we are. This week, church, be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. See you again next week. Party with the pastor starts right now.